Okay. So we are doing today the section for Shabbos and Sunday, which is the first part of letter seven. Now, letter seven is focusing on a phrase from our prayers, which says, fortunate we are, how good is our portion, how pleasant is our lot. And there's much Hasidic explanation on this prayer. Here, the Rebbe is focusing on the idea of these two phrases of portion and lot. And the question is, why do we use both terms? We're discussing here the godliness that illuminates our souls. So that godliness that illuminates our souls is referred to as our portion and is referred to as our lot. Now, obviously, portion can refer to several different types of givings, but lot is a more narrow term. It means something granted exclusively to a lottery. So why are we using both terms in relationship to God giving our souls his divine light? Now, fear not, we're going to start by explaining that. We give a number of other concepts till we get to that point. And the Rebbe says, to understand that, let's discuss something else. Let's discuss a phrase, he has no part, again, that's the same term here as I'm calling the portion, in the God of Israel, in Lochelek, Elokei Yisrael. Now, why are we using the term part vis-a-vis God? God is not divisible into parts. God is the ultimate point of unity. Why are sages saying he has no part in the God of Israel? So God himself is indivisible, but the godly illumination that descends to our souls can be described with the word part as it is revealed in part, so to speak. In order to understand this, we're going to focus on another verse, which says, concerning Yaakov, Jacob, and he called him Kel, the God of Israel. And basically, we are going to answer, ultimately, three questions on this verse. Why are we saying the God of Israel, Yisrael, when until then, in the verse, we always use the term Yaakov, Jacob, not Israel. Why are we switching it from Jacob to Israel, from Yaakov to Israel? Second question, how does this connect to the idea of setting up an altar? Which is, it says, and he set up an altar and he called him Kael, God of Israel. And what do we mean by Kael, God of Israel? So we had our opening verse trying to understand the significance of portion and lot. To understand that, we focus on the idea of the saying of our sages, he has no part in the God of Israel. How is God divisible into parts? And to understand that, we're focusing on this verse here with our three questions on the significance of the term Israel, relating to this idea of setting up the altar. What does it mean, Kael, God of Israel? So, start answering these questions. We say the Holy One, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, 
That implies, Kadosh implies separate. HaKadosh means he's separate. He's above. He's apart from creation. But we say HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Holy One. Blessed is he. And blessed, Baruch, means to descend and be revealed. Like a blessing is a descent of godly flow. So we have HaKadosh, the Holy One, who was previously holy and apart. Baruch Hu, blessed is he, being drawn down to the world in a revealed manner. God permeates and is present to an equal degree in all the worlds. Meaning, the very essence of God fills the world. God himself permeates and fills the world. But even as he's permeating and filling the world, he's separate from them. He's not contained in them. If we would compare this to a man's soul and his body, our soul and our body is affected by the changes in the body. God's not at all affected by the world. He's distinct and apart as he is within. So being that God is so separate from the world, the world can't receive their life force from him. He's there, but he's within and completely separate. And therefore, we can't absorb from him directly. So how do we, how do we get life from him who's so separate? So this is considered like the radiation shining from his name. In other words, there's God. A radiation of God is his name. And from his name comes forth the radiation which gives life to all of the world. This life force is not merely present in the world, as God is, but actually vests itself in them. It contracts, it adapts to the spiritual capacity of each particular world in which it is vested, and it's integrated within those worlds. And of course, there are many, many, many levels to get to this point. There are many quantitative constrictions on the divine light. There's many qualitative constrictions on the divine light. For it to get to that point of being so specific to the spiritual capacity of each particular world. That was the Tanya of Shabbos, continuing Sunday's portion. So here we have this infinite light from the name of God radiating in this limitless fashion, animating these infinite worlds, these very, very spiritual worlds, and that's why we're calling them infinite, and then coming down, 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 down to animate the lower spiritual realities, what we call the spiritual worlds of Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya, and then even coming further down to animate our physical realities. So this becomes divided primarily into 613 rays corresponding to the 613 commandments of the Torah. But each commandment is a conduit which transmits this radiation from the ultimate infinity of God's light itself. And these 613 rays are illuminating our soul. Because each of our souls are contained of 613 elements. So why do we have this like, oh, it works so perfectly. 613 commandments, 
conduits for 613 rays of light to illuminate the 613 parts of the soul of man because for the sake of man's souls, all this is happening. Our soul is a starting point from which everything else came into being. So all the creations and all of the worlds are really for the sake of man. The ultimate purpose is man. So, to come to our flow of logic here, God's being is uncompounded. There's no division to parts. But when we speak of this radiation, which is a radiation from the name of God, which is in a sense a radiation from God himself, at this point, we do have this division into parts to permeate our soul in all of its Parts. Now we go on to say that each of these parts, these 613 parts, subdivides into an infinite number of smaller parts. Just as each commandment, there's 613 commandments, but they subdivide into myriads of detailed laws. So, so too with our soul in its broad 613 parts that subdivide into many, many subparts. Just as we see with Adam, the first man, that his soul, obviously the initial one, was divided into 613 parts. But within those 613 parts were innumerable sparks, because each spark was the soul of another Jew. Because every Jew from Adam until and including the time of the coming of the Messiah, are all included in his soul. So his soul breaks down into 613 parts, but within those 613 parts, there's innumerable sparks, just as each commandment breaks down into 613 parts, 613 commandments. But then there's numerous laws, innumerable laws, within each of the parts. So too is in Adam's soul, so too is in my soul. So too is in the commandment. And so too is in this godly flow coming to us in these 613 channels within which each one of these channels has numerous lights coming down to us. So at this point, we can now connect this to the soul of Jacob, of Yaakov, which also had this 613 parts containing ultimately all the souls of all the Jewish people of all time to be continued tomorrow.